Conspiracy guys, this time we're talking about a pretty fucking pair of sick puppies uh, and a very unfortunate and very famous, uh, very young, small child being murdered uh, in England in the 1990s. And it was a, a tale that struck me like I was quite young when I heard about this. And I was like, God damn, I was the same age as the uh, the, the two lads that, that killed this kid, two 10 year olds. Kill a little kid, man. Fucking grim. Grim. One of the grimmest we've doing. So, uh, uh, like, trigger warnings for those. Uh, usually on, on those Conspiracy Guys True Crime episodes, you don't go into the, the torture porn elements. There are some little bits of this that might uh, that might not uh, tickle your kicker as the, the other shows do. We're going to talk about the motivations behind it. We're going to talk about the history of it. And joining us in the hot seat to talk about it all uh, is... TV and radio superstar, uh, broadcaster extraordinaire, and uh, I think he's some kind of a duke or an earl or something like that. Very, <laughs> he's up there anyway. Uh, Mr. Gordon Hayden. Gordon, it's good to be here. Uh, you know, it's been one of these podcasts that I know this has been in the wings, and the subject matter is so bleak and so grim. I've, it's been. As much as been looking forward to seeing you, I've been nearly yeah. putting it off because <laughs> it's such a dark yeah. thing we're going to talk about. To and even and I know we're still kind of teasing what we're going to talk about, but and, and we're going to get there now in a sec. But just going back uh, over this story and watching old news footage and just trying to research it again and going back to 1993. It, it 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 leaves you cold. It yeah. leaves you cold, and it leaves you. It's one of those stories you'll come away with so many more questions than answers. No but, resolution. But it it's it's going to be tough yeah. to get through. I mean, it's not like a murder mystery like some of them would be because we know the crack. It's not like uh, you know a serial killer where there's some awful thing and you know almost invariably it's the mother did something awful to them fucking bet their mickey with a bamboo cane or you know did did something like rode santa claus you know and he was looking through the banisters of the stairs and then it turned, <laughs> santa claus started choking mammy and you're like oh and then he murdered a lot of people at christmas because shit like that happens yeah. uh and we talk about it on this show this is a true crime thing that 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 like it's inexplicable yeah it's entirely unique mm. it's <laughs> Gr- uh, like the possibly the grimmest tale hmm. you know and then it has like fucking twists and turns as it develops over the last 25 years into something that to be honest is totally understandable but as well completely inexplicable it's like a- i don't know how i know no spoilers for now but i don't know how it can be going on as long you know and this was the the, the madeline mccann of the early 90s this was the yes. thing where everyone was talking about it yeah the child's picture was everywhere it was a cautionary tale uh fucked up right it, it absolutely i think it was um, one of those stories where it was a real exploration of evil and i think people really saw evil front and center here and it also changed the landscape in terms of parenting to a degree because it really felt like a carefree nature when it came to parenting, just yeah. being able to be in a supermarket, for example, or a shop. Like I remember when I was a kid growing up, my mum would happily just leave me in the toy section and I could be 
seven or eight. Yeah. And I could be looking around and she'd be like, I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm just going to go over now uh, to the corner. I'm going to look at clothes. Developed your sense of autonomy. And you, and I'd be there on my own. And yeah. there was there was a kind of a trust. There was a safety. Nowadays, would, like for any parents listening, just to ask yourself, would you leave your child on your, uh, like out of sight for even a minute? You wouldn't. I, the, even going to get gas, petrol, whatever way you want to call it, like, You'd need to be like, oh, I've got to take them all out of the car. So I've got to go all the way into the shop and pay for it. You but, wouldn't leave your, you'd never leave your car in the child seat. You know, you'd, never leave your, <laughs> you'd never leave your child in the car seat. Not your car in the child seat because it's a very different type of a journey. Like it's a transformer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you ready you, to go to the shop, Billy? <laughs> sure, ma'am. Like, uh, you'd never leave your child in the car seat, even just to go in and pop in and pay and then come back out because yeah. you'll end up with a fucking. Oh, yeah. Because you know, there's, there's, there's all. Some guy, some guy gets in the car and he's gone. And and it's all this because yeah. you're you're so hyper aware and, you, you, you know, you're looking at everyone like they are, they are a potential pedophile. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and I'm a friendly and, dude. I was working in retail for years, working in hospi- hospitality for years. Mm. And I remember what it was like to be a child when I was young. I was very young when I was a child, Gordon, and uh, I would be in an environment with my parents and I'd feel like left out of the conversation. I'd feel left out of whatever was going on and they'd all be talking. I'd be on my own and you have a little bit of colours or whatever and everybody's getting their drink put down in front of them. And I remember like if a waiter was like, there you go, buddy, how are you getting? Come here. Do you want a, do you want a fucking thing with some crayons? I'd be like, yes, like you're saving my my afternoon here like yes and because you're so young the like an afternoon is a significant percentage of your entire mm-hmm. lifespan so it's way longer when you're younger yeah. so when i grew up i was like man I, I fucking love kids man i wouldn't need a whole one but i love kids and i'd be all like hey buddy what's the crack pew, pew. did you see the new fucking i don't know shrek movie or yeah. whatever and they'd be like yeah it was great when the man did the thing and i'm like yeah that was class high five and I did that all through the late 90s work in retail, all through the early 2000s. And then around like 2004 and five, you could feel there's a vibe of people going like, you get a bit too close to my child there. Yeah, now, you hey know what I mean? You, hey, you. And you're like, dude, if you want your child to be like a social retard, <laughs> not be able to have a conversation with anybody or understand like social dynamics or be able to judge people or whatever, if you're telling them at all times behind a fucking gingham skirt, hanging onto your apron strings, that every person that you don't know is a potential threat. Of course, they're going to grow up into an environment where they potentially hate everybody or are afraid of everything. Mm. Because if everyone's going to be potentially the enemy, like you're never going to meet new people. You know? well, like, I know even go back in, in, into the midst of time like, as that child being left on their own in the supermarket or yeah. like or, or a shopping we, centre. We were told, go out and play it and come back on when the lights come on. Oh yeah, you and off you go, and, and it, it, it wasn't was like there was a GPS device, no. you know, tracking your every move. Like, feel like the fucking lads and stand by me, like poking <laughs> dead badgers and shit. <laughs> You'd be there, but I do remember not just once. It could have been oh, again, you know, my my memory's a bit hazy now, but it could have been about four times I went up to the customer service desk <laughs> in this shopping center where my mother would frequent quite often, and I'm going. I had a moment where I panicked and I went, I don't know where she is, uh, and and uh, I'm, a, I'm, but I had the wherewithal at least to go up and go. I don't know where my mom is, and they would get over the intercom, so the tannoy system, be like, you know, there is a young child up here. He likes blah 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 blah. So they go through, they as if you know, there's a, a young, well-spoken <laughs> child. Could anyone come and claim him? <laughs> Something like this missing person, and then my mother would come up. 
And she, as if to kind of go, oh, here, not this again. And you know, and and and, and, they, and everyone would be nearly kind of go. It'd be like something in of like one of those old cop movies. You know, yeah, at the end, yeah. we're all laughing at each other, <laughs> and nearly slapping each other in the back. And I, you think now, if this parent came up with their tail well, between their legs, alerts and you'd be kind of go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kyle, call child service. The poor child's been left on the road. But the news, the news van would be down before the fucking mother. You know what I mean? How could you services? do that? You know. Yeah. But again, we're, we're we're living in different times. Could it go back to the the grim tale that? we're about to get into yeah. it's just that it was a sea change um you know you did see a, a, a mob mentality broke out but i did i do think that it had a ripple effect in how parents parented in the sense that you know the, the this carefree nature of you know did your child you just went outside the shop there now will i just run in and pay for whatever in the butchers that was gone it was one of many many events all through the late 80s, early 90s, into the late 90s, more so, where I think generationally parents were more, and I'm not a parent, so mm-hmm. I can't speak as a mother, but parents were more um, maybe wary of people's intentions towards their children. Mm. And I think there was also, and you have to say this when you talk about this, there's also a whole element of, I think, maybe a familial hubris, where they're thinking like that their child is so good looking that every pedophile wants to fuck them and I have to say Mrs your child is not that good looking get over yourself and your child but you know what I have to say Do you know what I mean? as a kid she's girl- like my child is so sexy that everyone wants to fuck him so get your eyes off my bleeding child and I'm like think you're what what attitude have you got towards the sexual attractiveness of your children yeah, that yeah, you yeah, would yeah. think that everyone oh, that, wants that, to get at the, like there's a thing there as well that, you know? I think that goes beyond the Irish mammy I think you're dealing with a, a whole narcissist yeah. kind of thing weird it's thing going on my child is the best child ever and they're if they were going to st- they're going to steal a child that's still my child but here's another we'll, a, a dark rabbit hole to go down but again going back as a kid my father used to love every weekend he'd lo- love to get the tabloid newspapers the yeah. Sunday tabloid newspapers and they would be strewn around the living room and naturally enough you'd be kind of curious and you'd be reading it and I remember like vividly so many stories about rape yeah. and uh, paedophilia and, and, and it was constant Prolific, in these papers and, the and, and to the point where you were kind of going uh, no these are horrible crimes uh, but like the way in which they were being salaciously spread in some of these publications it was almost like I hate to say it like you kind of go why are you constantly driving it? what are you hoping that can be achieved by this are you trying to tap into some weird fascination here that, that I, I don't know it was it just felt very kind of creepy well that's the second part of what I was saying earlier on is that I think through the mid to late 90s the people that were growing up seeing their friends getting assaulted silently uh, these these legacy assaults that are sometimes only coming out now do you know uh, I mean we're recording this ahead of time but we're only after getting over the, the, the Brett Kavanaugh nomination to the yeah. Supreme Court here recently and that was a few months ago now to you dear listener I mean that's 36 years old that accusation and everyone's going mad I didn't see anyone go mad when all of the lads who are maybe our age or maybe a few years older were all coming out in the mid to late 90s as grown men and saying all them Christian brothers and all them priests were f- fucking fingering and riding the shit out of us fucking already copulating us all through the 70s mm-hmm. in school all through the fucking 80s and we couldn't say that and if we did we get a lick of a fucking Sally Rod and then they grew up and then they became the ones in the 90s to be overprotective about their children because they were either affected themselves mm-hmm. and 
sexual assault doesn't have to be just like like penetrative whatever it can be groping it can be a little thing and you have that from an authority figure and that'll fuck up your mentality they're bringing that attitude into the 90s and then they see stuff like jamie bulger happening or they see stuff like you know uh, um any of these uh you know school school assaults and all of the bo- the boston stuff the philadelphia stuff the mm-hmm. you know all of these big cases that were coming out in the late 90s breaking like eleven thousand children molested in 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 boston diocese or whatever and people are like i fucking knew it and then the likes of father sean fortune in wexford mm. who was a local uh, pedophile priest who famously killed himself after he was caught they put him in they sequestered him in a house down the country and he fucking killed himself and it was all over the papers and people were like oh shit yeah that's that's what happens yeah. uh it was on the tip of everybody's tongue and i know there might be a fascination with it but i think also it may have been like a justified blanket reporting on every single case of this stuff just uh, as a as a a natural recourse like a natural yes, rebound yes. like a swing of the pendulum because so long they were so silent now it's like let's talk about it all the time mm. and it was about that then now it's about you know um hashtag me too hashtag times up you know i believe her all of these movements are starting to happen to bring that attention to how many sexual assaults happen to grown women mm. and sometimes it seems and i know there's a lot of criticism from certain political viewpoints that uh women are maybe talking about this too much or there's false claims coming out and all that stuff and i, I like i don't think you can talk about it too much you can you can <laughs> you can talk about the wrong thing too much mm-hmm. and you can concentrate on the wrong stuff or you can find one case where it wasn't true and just bait the shit out of that on the news and blanketly say every other case is not true as well. Look at this example. Like, that's the wrong way to talk about that stuff. The fact that people are talking about it is a great thing. Um, for this case, particularly, people were pushed into a place where they needed to think about where their children were, that it wasn't a safe world. It wasn't like it used to be. And with the advent of stuff like the Internet, mm-hmm. with the advent of stuff like, I guess, like modern media, which we'll talk about later on as as part of the blame structure around these crimes. And... I guess a, like a general social malaise that, that, mm. that children are becoming more cynical. And the, these two lads were 10 in 1993. Like yeah. this is at the start of the American satanic panic where teenagers were doing mad shit like this. This is four years before Columbine where two young lads went to a school and shot a load of people. Mm. Like children and teenagers, adolescents could be evil and ex- express that evil in the deaths and mutilations of others for the first time children were now what used to be creepy old dudes like a a dammer and fucking john wayne gacy dressing up like a clown or it used to be like some old man like albert fish or it used to be some you know like creepy weirdo like ed kemper who'd be like oh yes i was uh i took off my mother's head and i fucked her throat hole and you're like okay ed you fucking weirdo and he looks like a weirdo and he sounds like a weirdo and he lived and grew up like a weirdo and he could go He's weird. And it was just weirdos. But if you look, yeah, but if you take the... Now it's kids are the enemy. And and the thing is, when you hear some of... um, When when it came to the interrogation of the killers, uh, Robert Thompson and John Venables. Yeah. When you hear them and you hear children, like you hear two little boys, you hear one... and And it's actually quite even distressing to hear them because their deposition is you know especially john venables and you know he was a he was a you know i know i could go off on a tangent about what i what i what i think of him but i don't want to get into it right from the get-go but 
it, it is quite heartbreaking yeah. because you hear a little boy crying and you realize that his whole world is about to change and he is and it's almost like he's suddenly becoming that little boy that his mother knows and loves but it's like he stepped back into that character mm-hmm. because but really he shed his real skin, his skin for the real person he, he he was because you can't put the shit back in the horse with that kind of exactly stuff, you know? as much as they, they they kind of transform into be these little sweet angelic little kids that you know everyone wants us to be so I'm going to play this little character now of yeah. but what they did to Jamie Bulger and the horrific death that he had set it it, it shocked no motive. No discernible motive. There was nothing at all, and yeah. I and, and I know for me, if we start getting into the case, because the that image, that CCTV image, um, which um at the time, uh, the Liverpool police they actually had to bring in um special photographic specialists that worked on the Gulf War in order to try and enhance the imagery to try and uh, locate these two boys. When did they finally figured out who it was? That image. That's where they developed the technology that we see on CSI today. That's exactly it. Enhanced. <laughs> Enhanced. And flip it. Look at the reflection in the glasses of the fella across the road. Enhanced. Like that's how it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where they got that stuff. But it's it is a very very chilling photograph. Yeah. Because little do you know that here's this little I it my desktop sweet today, little boy. Oh Jesus! <laughs> this sweet little boy that. It's just pure innocence. Yeah, he, man. Who's just being fed it's a, a complete baby? He's two. He's, he's two. A baby. And led away the, by babies. And, and we know what is about to transpire. It is chilling. I remember in school uh, when when this all transpired, we were talking about um, uh, we were reading Lord of the Flies and talking about you know the, the humanity's <laughs> propensity for cruelty. Mm. And as a child, and you're reading Lord of Flies, and it's a child's book, and it's about children. Mm. And there's children in it. And I identified, I suppose, because I was fattened with glasses, with Piggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who was a dissenter. He was a, a he, he had, a, a, you know, a, an air of sedition around their actions. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of them were just, you know, uh, f- like freeloading, like, let's have a good time. Like, we killed a pig. Yeah, let's eat it. Oh, fuck, we've no food for weeks. And Piggy's like, maybe you should, like, portion out the food. Like, so it lasts long. Shut up, piggy. Yeah. Sensible cunt. Right. And, and the, the cruelty that children would have to each other. And if it was two 10 year olds killing another 10 year old, I could nearly get on board with that a little bit more. Because you can understand there may have been some kind of a feud. There may have been some, some other uh, uh, motivation behind it. Like m- most recently we've had, uh, when you're talking about child murders, uh, not a lot to pick from, but we had the Slenderman killings where there was two mm-hmm. girls who killed a girl at their own age and they were in their early teens. And they said that they did it because they wanted to join Slenderman in his dimension. And they stabbed that girl 19 times, led her into the woods and left her for dead. Now she crawled to the path and she survived. And those two girls were tried as adults. And like you said, they retreated. That They tried to put the skin of a young, innocent girl back on and they were crying and stuff in court. But once that, once that genie's out of the bottle, I think there's something else. Something happens to a person and it's huge. You know, I think if you listen to the... The fact that they didn't kill that girl, probably... That, that that's like yeah. something out of a horror film and 
I think one of those girls was she she obviously both had mental health issues, but yeah. one in particular, I think there was like schizophrenia or something that was there. I, I, again, I, I again, I, I'm. We'll, I, do it, we'll do another true crime yeah. on those two later. But on, to you know? think back, so you're talking. Jamie Bulger went missing February twelfth, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. We're in and around that. His mother had gone into the butchers. And she thought, well, he's out. I'm going to leave him outside. Just, I can see him by the window, if, yeah. I, if I recall it correctly. And I'm just going to pay for it because he's a bit bored. And he's yeah. outside kind of playing. And that's when he disappeared. Yeah. And it was like, oh, where is he gone? And little, and the thing is, when the police started the investigation, uh, and when they did find that CCTV footage of him being led away, of course, it was very grainy initially. So it was very difficult. So they had to really cast the net out to try and find boys that were playing truant. You know what I mean? That were yeah, mitching off. But imagine trying to get a, like a crime like that. And I remember when it was broken, it was like, do you remember we told you yesterday about the child going missing? Well, today... Two other kids killed him, and I like I remember like being oh because they were the same age as me, and I'm like, could I? That's like I had little cousins at the time. I'm like, that'd be like me killing my little cousin, and it was just so unthinkable to me. And when they showed these kids, I was like, they they are kids, like they when you fucking kids. When you see the mugshots, yeah, that's when you're trying to bring in these lads as experts to enhance this stuff and like to motivate like all of the stuff that we we've gone through when uh, we talk about mind hunter and stuff like that where these lads are building these profiles of killers and it's always this kind of, like if they didn't have that security footage then i never have found who did that to him. absolutely and, and the thing was what happens this is where then the mob mentality side of things really kicked yeah. into gear because when uh jamie's body was found and we go and through all of this now uh, yeah, on, yeah and like you also got into um some of the local news organizations would they realize this is going to be a massive story this uh, is yeah gonna, this and is gonna i did be get huge. the madeline mccann treatment it got tr- it was everywhere for a long time it was and and the thing and the, and the problem into you. because the thing is they didn't know who the the, 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 mm. the, the killers were and there was one family where there was one father because they were basically told, look, the children that were truant to this day who were who basically mitched off school, who were basically didn't turn up for school. Um, <laughs> and just to, yeah. for anyone out there, not, not sure about the truants and the mission, but it, it was like, here are certain telltale yeah, signs mission, yeah. Yeah, to be kind of be wary of. And there's one father in particular in Liverpool and he thought, my son seems to match the description <sighs> and he did come home and his clothes were dirty. And Can you imagine thinking that of your own child. And, and he got in touch with the police and what ended up happening was he thought he was doing the right thing yeah, by I getting mean. the police in touch and then it got, it got so, there was so much ire on the streets and anger as you can imagine and this sort of mob mentality was yeah. starting to take over to the point where that family they ended up having to move home the police and the authorities had to step they in he was innocent. and he was innocent Fuck. they had to help him get out of that locale because they would have been literally like 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 those peasants with the torches and the pitchforks yeah, yeah. were willing to get in and then just drag this child out and, and this is what was happening because unfortunately people were out for blood yeah. At the time, and it was revenge, and and and, and it and it was scary, and and what was going on. I remember how, how yeah how scary it was, and it was everywhere. It was everywhere mm. as a kid. Uh, not traumatic. I mean, I've had my own almost abduction story. Oh, do you? Do you just an old. I was playing kick, kicking the ball up and down the driveway with me with me brother, and a woman pulled up the car, and they pulled up a little bit down the road. And she got out of the car and came back up away of the sight of the house. I mean, Nanny was doing the washing up in the kitchen window of her house, like beside us. And the car pulled up, and the woman came over and goes, Do you know how to get to such and such? And I was like, Yeah. I was about maybe eight. She's like, Come on down here uh, and tell the driver of my car 
because I can't remember your instructions. If you know how to get there, just walk down. And I remember I was like, well, now they're walking the road. And she's like, take my hand. And I took her hand and we're walking down the road to the car. I mean, Nanny seen me being led away by the hand by some strange woman. Mm. And she said, and my uncle was in the, in the house at the time. And uh, my Nanny obviously shouted to my uncle. My uncle hopped up and came out of the house and ran out and went, here, what the fuck is going on here? Like, who the fuck are you? She's like, oh, I was just coming out to tell me directions. And now the, the next bit gets a bit hazy, but I presume, no, my uncle, he was like, here, go fuck yourself before you knock you out, you cunt. Yeah. Get back in the car and fuck off. And it was all like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like this. And it was Jesus. a, it was a Northern Rage car. It was like a Northern Irish Rage car and could have been English. Uh, um, yeah, weird. That is really. That just happens. That's how it happens, man. It's fucking like this. Oh, but like, I, re- I remember even as a kid growing up about, like, there were these ads that would be on TV quite regularly yeah. about being lured into a car. Yeah. And it would be like, you know, would you like to come into the car? There's my, I, so, and man. there would be the sweets. Yeah. And it was that this was whole the narrative. Thing. And there's a lot of these advertisements from the past, like, you know, for example, don't go into this like, area where there's like a pylons and you'll die. And all this kind of stuff. Or the child climbs the thing and goes, Poof, and he, yeah. Yeah, all those really dark ads yeah, where you're yeah. going to go, Hurr! they were like these like little, you know, 20 you second steal a car. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like really, really dark, dark yeah. ones. And again, it was. Social announcements. I, yeah, as much as you're like, you're trying to, you know, forewarn children, you got to yeah. be wary. But holy Christ, they would yeah. put the fear of God in. Yeah. Mad like, and uh, they that's, had that's 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 a that's a yeah, mad so, like, story. Just happened. But like, can you imagine over the last two years? And I'm not saying Donald Trump is the best thing ever, but since he came into power, he made these decisions to go, go here and do this, go here and do that, go here and do that. And there's been thousands and thousands of incarcerated children that were taken from their families, like Johnny Gosh, and we talked about Johnny Gosh before you and me. Um, and just the car pulls up, pull the kid into the car. And they're gone, and then they're like being passed around this network of pedophiles. Oh. And and since the start of 2017, there was there's massive like pedophile rings being broken up in the United States, and there's loads of children being free. Even this week in in America, oh right, okay. there was 280 children released from sexual captivity. What? And they broke up and they arrested like 1,100 people. Like that's crazy that there's children imprisoned and we're talking about like jc lee dugard and elizabeth fritzel and they're the famous ones so what about these 280 kids that are being kept in basements and fucking back alleys and and you know underground sheds and wherever they're keeping them like this week they broke up a ring uh, uh, maybe last week broke up a ring and just 280 kids have been taken out and then returned to their families and and the whole news is then like going yeah what about those kids in cages at the border and you're like no no what about the fucking thousands of kids that the authorities have released from sexual uh, c- captivity in america in the last two years like a crazy amount of that shit happens and to have a car pull up and you're like, hey you want some sweets and you get in the car and then you're gone Jesus. Because there's so many people in America, and it's happening so much. Even in England, it's happening so much. Remember the the there's the the uh, the Rotherham, Rochester. Oh, that that, that was that stuff. Huge. Where, where that's happening a lot. So, but there's a paedophile ring. Well, a suspected paedophile ring over in Ireland as well. Yeah. That was recently uh, busted, and uh, the the information as we record this is still very much in the early stages. Yeah, but um, it's alleged that 
what has taken place is very much on the higher end. Kids in captivity. And there's like family members involved yeah. and then yeah. it stretches out from there alone. Yeah. So this is all being investigated at the moment. And it's but I think, I think the there's something one. like 15 children. Yeah. Something in and around that oh, sort of like number. F- it's fucking banana. And proportionally, we've only got 4 million people here and there's, you know, a uh, yeah. few hundred million in America. So that like proportionally... Oh, the hundreds or the thousands of kids. It's oh, it, oh, it's bananas. But then, but then, a story like this mm. will get hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered in the press, where there's two kids take another kid. And you're like, yeah, but what about the adults thing, kids? What about? The- but if you look at it, if you were to try and just extract any emotion away from the situation at all, yeah. and you look at it just as sort of a cold. Uh, news editor yeah it, 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 it's, it, it's, it, it's selling your papers it's man. selling the yeah, papers focus. it's selling the story like and, McCann, and, you know? and you know people are gripped and the, every little bit of information that comes to the fore people are going to jump on it because they're 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 thinking of their, their own family for the next revelation oh it was even like some of the detectives that were working on this case they were some of them had young children themselves and yeah. one of them in particular he was his name was um, Albert Kirby so he was the senior investigative um, officer involved in the case and one of the things that when they discovered Jamie's body the first thing he as you can imagine the scene when he first arrived yeah. he, he noticed that there was he could see his little shoes and his underpants and another other item of clothing were all scattered so he initially thought this crime has a, a has a perverse nature yeah. that, that some sort of child sexual predator has lured him to this location and, but, and from all the stuff that was probably not in the papers and he being a policeman would know that all this stuff was happening but it wasn't in the public f- forum mm-hmm. he his first because he knows how many child sexual crimes were going on at the time yes he probably go yeah this is just chalk it down another one it's another one and like but, that's and, that's the thing that fucks my head up. and also the, the the condition that the body was in because yeah. we have to remember outside of the the torture um it, the body was also then uh, thrown onto railway uh tracks yeah. so it was it was essentially cut in two yeah so he Mangus. quickly was like the press are going to be all over this yeah. story. We need to make sure that not only is the area cordoned off, but you know the way you would have seen it on news reports and even in TV shows as well, where they put the tents in place for the yeah. forensic. But they, we need to get that in place very quickly in order to try and cover the scene because the last thing that the the mother and father of Jamie Bulger, Denise, would want is any of that f- photography getting out there some, at all. Some lad across the bridge with a, a with a mobile phone going like, World Star! Like mm-hmm. some shit, like fucking something on Live Leak. But that you, shit gets out there. And, and now you can't have a crime like that without it being online. That, so they was very, it was just a case of we need to just batten down the hatches. Okay, well enough teasing. We're going to get into it now. But before that, uh, I want to tell you guys about Gordon's podcast. Well, maybe he might tell it too. Uh, you have a, you have a couple of podcasts, but one we're working on at the moment. That's right. Um, it's called Box Office. So if you're a movie fan, um, it, it, the thing with this particular podcast was that there are certain reviews that I, I just think sometimes can sugarcoat a movie and this one doesn't. Like, yeah. It's very important that if the film is shocking, you really got to call it like you see it. If it's an absolute pup of a flick, you've really yeah. got to really get it into it. It ruins the integrity of, of, of people. And that's why I think lads like uh, uh, Mayo and Carmody, those guys, like they tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Jonathan Ross used to do his ones. And if it was a stinker, he'd tell you. 
Oh, and yeah. I think you need to do. It was I, a Watton movie. <laughs> I tell you, it was Watton. <laughs> um, and that, that's what we, we want to do with box office. Though. So not only do we want to really have truthful reviews yeah. that, that people can uh, obviously then develop a relationship, as it were, with the with the with the personalities that will get on in terms of reviews as well, but also to get some of the big interviews in there too. Sure. And I and I know there's an awful there's a, there's a tendency that when you have actors and filmmakers on the publicity trail for Lick a movie, that you, they, they they tend to be a little bit more like everyone was great on that. Yeah, 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 everyone yeah. was for that. But the thing for me is I've that you, you, you've got to you've got to kind of go. What's everyone going to ask? I'm not going to yeah. ask that. <laughs> you watch these YouTube compilations of like worst interviews ever. Now you're not going to get on those, but usually they're like somebody who asks a question and the celebrity's like, I cannot believe you just asked me that. Oh <laughs> and yeah. Gordon Hayden has done it and they're like, I can't believe it's like, so I, I know you can't believe it. Listen, are you going to answer me or what? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes you would, it's, I think it's worth challenging. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you definitely, I, I, but, I, they're, I, but they're also paid to not talk shit about the movie they're in because they're on a promo tour. So they're like, I know it's shit. Just don't, don't <laughs> ask me something else. I'm supposed to say it's cool. If you, I think someone like Bruce Willis, who is definitely now, oh, he's just a fucking constant. He's a, uh, like, you can see how jaded he is. Destroying that Australian lad with uh, your one from Weeds. What's her name? Mary Louise. Oh Parker. God, did you remember that? For Red. Oh, that was the worst. He just, ever. you could tell he was there. Was not interested at all. Yeah. And then also. He was on uh, the one show, and he was promoting. It was the fifth Die Hard movie, which was terrible. A good day on, to Die he was Hard. On, like, a Xanax or something? Was he was on something? He, he definitely was on because like, he kind of Sleepers. was on stage. He was. He said to the the presenters, he was like, "What do you think of the title? What do you think of the title?" And they, of course, they're just kind of like two like Duracell bunnies. So yeah. They're like, "Oh my god, it's just a fantastic title! This is amazing!" It's first thing in the morning, and, and he was like, "Going really? <laughs> you think it's a good title?" <laughs> And it was like going, oh, like yeah. this guy is well pissed. So, and, and but the, as well, he's probably answered the same shit all the same time. Same stuff. Make but there are certain people that you do you you have heard horror stories about, like um, Ben Kingsley. Like, but uh, so if you're in the UK, he he demands to be called Sir Ben. Yeah. Like he's an absolute cock. So, and I've seen some of his interviews, and he does come across as just an absolute bore because it's all about him he's got an ego that would barely fit into the room he's treaded the boards this thing oh and he just thinks like you know he's god's gift and just because he played gandhi that doesn't necessarily mean that you know he is so anyway. he made one good film and then you never heard from him again <laughs> yeah he's just a bit of a tit so yeah. the plan is though hopefully we'll get ben kingsley and, oh, yeah. and we could I'm say that to him face to face ben why are you, you know, such? Why are you so prickly? What's you know, what I mean, Sir Ben. Uh, so yeah, so, oh, yes, the, Sir ben, yeah. so the plan would be then to uh, yeah, just just to, to, if there's certain uh, guests that need a bit of a calling out, that's the plan with it too. Okay. And it's honest, and it's uh, like I've been we've I've been on box office yeah, before on TV yes. three and uh, talking with Lisa and and yourself mm. and. You're on the it's, first episode. I think so. Uh, with Dave Fanning. That That's time. right. That great crack. And to, to, to put like a more of a, a, an Irish crack type of spin, like you guys, if you're listening in America, um, you can, you can listen to interviews with famous people and, you know, movie stars and listen to reviews on movies. And I know there's YouTube channels out there that are amazing, uh, and they're prolific, but also they're probably, I guess, cookie cutter, same kind of stuff, same kind of tone. This is Irish. It's a bit of crack. If you like this show because we're talking about conspiracies in our way, you'll definitely get on to box office because it's going to be movies in 
our way yeah. excellent the Paddy's <laughs> way um, yeah it's something different go check out Box Office you also have your own uh, uh, podcast as well yeah so We Love Movies is up there as well Again, you can for, f- you can find that on for iTunes for more kind of long form chats yeah stuff that, that, that's a little bit yeah. more yeah so like the Box Don't Office one is it. kind of if you're looking for something that is quite short snappy yeah. 20 minutes that's the sort of duration so we just try to get into the nuts and bolts of it fairly quick but yeah if you're looking for something a little bit more long form We Love Movies uh, and you can find uh, Gordon online you're on Twitter at Gordon Hayden. Gordon underscore Hayden. Gordon underscore Hayden. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the show for leaving that out, if you think that something else should be included, or indeed we made a mistake, uh, which happens sometimes, and I reserve the right to be wrong, it's all good, it's all good in the hood. Uh, info at thoseconspiracyguys.com if you want to send me an email. Even if you just want to reach out and say you, you love the show. I get lots of them. I try and reply uh, as much as possible, um, but I do get a lot. Uh, but keep sending them in, because I will get to all of them. I, I guarantee I read every single one of them. I just might not have time, uh, like my I finished my poo and I I read the email. I'm like, oh, I finished my poo. I have no time to reply. You know, most of the people that got replies, that's where you got them from too. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> just so it's just like adds a little extra flavor to the reply. Oh my god, he replied to me. Um, so yeah, uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, Mix, Vero, at that has a social media. We're probably on it. Snapchat, the whole fucking lot. Uh, Instagram is. Probably the place where I'm going to be the most active uh, at the moment when you're listening to this. Um, so if you want to get onto that, Instagram.com uh, uh, slash Dose Conspiracy Guys for the main one and slash TCG TV for the private one. Send me your uh, your Instagram. And uh, we also have the things that keeps the lights on over here and the, and the, and the tan mugs and keeps me in, in you know, biscuits and, and pillowcases. Uh, we have Patreon.com slash Dose Conspiracy Guys. Uh, it's the lifeblood of the show. The lads over there are... are basically paying my wages and thank you so much for doing it uh, this is a full-time gig for me uh, we're doing it the whole time and patreon makes that uh, a real thing um so thanks so much for everybody who's already donating and those that want to donate you get behind the scenes uh videos little uh, vlogs from behind the scenes in the studio here you also get uh, early access to all of the shows the people are watching this live right now on youtube uh, and they'll get early access to that when it gets released so we're recording in the studio Joe um, and we'll have loads of those going forward as well and uh, they also get outtakes from all of the shows so we record for like nine hours or ten hours on the big one and you get about six of that public and then the rest of it is all banter and crack uh, that you can get on patreon and then there's uh, you know loads of other exclusive content so anything that that comes out uh, patreon people get it early and you also get access to all the stuff from tcg tv as well we also have a great uh, app that our community kind of lives on uh, discord it's called and it's uh, in association with patreon i found it and you can link up your patreon account and get access to loads of the secret channels uh, it's basically like a, an old chat room chat room of old uh, and i've split up all the episodes and all of the different topics into certain channels and you can go in there so there's around uh, a thousand a little bit more than a thousand fans in there and we talk about stuff and it's kind of like conversational it's better than using twitter or facebook or you know it takes away from the toxicity and it leans towards uh, more conversation uh, also people are sharing loads of links and some of the stuff that they find themselves uh, in the particular uh, channels so for example uh, we did one on Flat Earth not so long ago and the lads are in that channel sharing all the scientific findings and the journal stuff and little YouTube videos and kind of informing each other uh, without me needing to moderate or needing to be uh, the centre of it. I don't want to make a Facebook group or like that because it just gets out of hand. 
Discord is the place to be if you're a fan of the show and you want to hang out. Also, like I said, we're recording this on, on video and you can check that out on youtube.com slash those conspiracy guys or any of the other uh, uh, episodes that we've done will be up there as well. And YouTube are kind of acting like the cunt, uh, you know, the guy that farted at the Christmas table. They're kicking people off. They've demonetized this channel. They're silencing you know, people who talk about shit that we talk about. Uh, so I only have the episodes up there and a few little vlogs. If you want to get all of the sources, all of the extra documentaries and all that other stuff, hit up to bitshoot.com slash those conspiracy guys. That's B-I-T-C-H-U-T dot com slash those conspiracy guys and get those videos into you. Uh, we're also on minds.com and gab as well if you're not a fan of Twitter. And uh, like I said, thanks so much for all the folks for supporting the show on GoFundMe and on Patreon. Uh, I love you lots like Jelly Tots. You make it possible. So hopefully, um, you know, this is not one of those shows that I'm putting out after I've been assassinated by the Clintons, you know, at a red light somewhere in the audio call in, then, in, what in Maryland or in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to go out uh, uh, sometime in the future. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I presume some of that stuff will still be there if Twitter hasn't packed up or if YouTube didn't explode yet. Um, so, yeah, join us on there and let us know. Infotosconspiracyguys.com is the email, too. So with all that out of the way, uh, mm-hmm. let's get into this Jamie Bulger case, Gordon. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And it's... Uh, as I was saying to you from the very beginning, it's been very hard to revisit this story yeah, because being a father myself of a, of a boy who's about to turn five, you just kind of go. You can't separate that in your head, I guess. Uh, I don't have a kid. Yeah, it's been really, really difficult. So, so we're looking at, we're going back to February 1993. Yeah. And... It's a murder that shocked Britain to the core, really. Yeah. It, uh, uh, it centres around a little, almost three-year-old boy who was led away from his mom in a busy shopping centre. And he was brutally murdered by two ten-year-old boys, as we said. Uh, and then his mutilated body left on a train tracks in Liverpool, about two and a half miles away from where he was abducted. Uh, he, little Jamie or James. <laughs> this is the thing I could, uh, like online they said, they call him Jamie because it sounds more... I guess diminutive or like makes him like seem small. Mm. Uh, also, Whitey Bulger, who's the famous mafia hitman, was called James Bulger, and they may not have wanted to conflate the two because James Bulger was doing stuff in America at the time. So news wise, I think they didn't want to conflate the two. That's what they found today. Looking so that's up. quite interesting because when you do hear his mother obviously talk um, from old interviews, James and even the detectives, it's all James. So you'd be kind of going like, where's the Jamie here? Because the mother said that we never called him Jamie at home. I don't know why the news is saying Jamie. And I tried to find out. I said, maybe it's because it makes him sound younger and sweeter and smaller. Mm. But also Whitey Bulger. Uh, Johnny Depp played him in of the course. in the movie Black. That's right, and then Jack Nicholson's character in The Departed is loosely based, loosely based on, him, on him on him as well. Yeah. The thing is, when we were just initially talking about the case, and I mentioned about one of the the lead investigators in it, um, Albert Kirby, when he thought, well, this looks like it has the hallmarks of a um, pedophile, yeah. because when they arrived on the scene and they they found the strewn clothes of Jamie, little did they realize that they would actually be hunting for two. 10-year-old boys. 10-year-old boys, man. The, the thing as well, like, like getting into the, the grainy footage that was seen of Jamie, uh, James Bulger uh, being led away, you kind of start to try and think, okay, what's going on here? Like, because, yeah. the, 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 because these two lads were known, uh, um, Thompson and Venables, for mitching 
quite regularly from yeah. school. There were, there and, were louts about town. And there was about 150, something like that, that boys that were all called into question yeah. uh, for questioning by the police in Merseyside. And when the the net really started to narrow and they managed to get hold of them because it was a woman had come forward because when they enhanced that um, photographic um, footage, that CCTV footage, there was a woman that recognised them. It was like, well, those two fellas are always yeah. mitching off schools. She goes, I, I, and she got in touch with the police and said, I think you should really start looking I've a lot of statements later on about um, the people they, they were seen by 38 people taking mm-hmm. them out of the fucking and there was, there was one on, the, sta- on a four kilometre or two and a half mile walk and correct me if I'm wrong but there was one stage where James was in distress and yeah. I think there was a cut above his uh, on his forehead yeah. and it clearly looked like he had been hit but um, because he was distressed I think again pull me up on this but was it Thompson when he when someone did stop them and go what, what's going on here is everything alright oh he's my, just my little brother he fell yeah, over there was an older woman that caught them just before they were about to go up the hill and they said that we found them and uh, they were across the road from a police station and the old woman said well bring him into that police station said, that's where we're going but he was so confident or he was so like authoritative that he was able to convince an old woman who had stopped the two and what's going on here and she's like well actually this and she's like okay I believe you you're like God damn, that but if kid you, is a fucking spy. Like, but if you even again listen to the um, to the investigation when they are being questioned by police, Thompson is the one that always challenges uh, the detective he's who's questioning a, him. Uh, Whereas Venables, we get off the fence on who's in charge at the end. Yeah, and, and Venables is the one who plays the character of the small, timid little boy, the little weepy little boy. We'll um, find what happens to him. But too. exactly, but to get into. Uh, I I, I, I just want to tell you just the the the, the basics around like the, some of the numbers around this like these these kids are fucking young man. Uh, James Bulger was from uh, Kirkby in Merseyside, died on the twelfth of February nineteen ninety three, and like these other two kids, ten years old each, Robert Thompson and John Venables, they were found guilty of the murder in in November nineteen ninety three. So it took like six seven months to get them in, get them deposed, run them through a trial. And then, yeah, you're guilty. Like, that's that's a short time mm. for a murder trial. Like, usually they go on for a long time. People are kept in custody for ages. They're building up their legal case. This didn't happen. These were fucking kids, man. Because, and, and I also think as well, Gordon, people wanted, they wanted justice and the, the police needed to act yeah. fairly quick because it was just at boiling point on the streets and the fact that it was two boys, I think they needed to, justice needed to be carried out as swiftly as quick. possible. And I think it, there's a, there's still... A, Would it have been as quick if it was an adult is what I'm saying, you know? Um, no, I don't know if it Certain provisions made for these two young lads. And, and I think what also really affected an awful lot of people as well, Gordon, was that not only would they be, when they would be incarcerated in the juvenile detention centre, but they were going to be given new identities. And I think that's what mm. affected an awful lot of people as well. But to go back to that horrendous days in February when he, when James was lured to um, the railway tracks, like it, it it just breaks my heart because I, you can imagine that, you know, over the years, his parents thinking about him on his own and what those boys those must have done moments, to him. Like that last hour or so on you that two and a half mile and, walk. And you've got these two animals that are, and what they're, they are literally. But obviously look, they had a duality though, Gordon. They like you can say they're animals now, but they obviously had a duality enough to be able to convince him that everything was okay and lead him away and not have him like run away or scream or mm. like how many kids did you know now that if they, you know, 
somebody that knew them and they're trying to get you out away from the sweet side mm-hmm. and they're like Wah! like rolling around the ground like they were able to subdue this kid verbally and just be able to go come on do you know what i think the, cool. do you know what i think the problem is and and this they're is so the, predatory like. the, this is the thing when it when it comes to um looking for sort of uh, guidance and safety what i mean by that is when james was lured away from the strand shopping center he doesn't know where he is now so his only authoritative figure to try and get him home the are, are the out. two boys. He is does, that the mentality behind it? I would, it I would be thinking, and I'm, I'm going into pop psychology mode here, but I'm just trying to think that maybe he's thinking these are my only way of getting back to my mom. It's the only way I can get back. And uh, and so you don't know. So he be, so him not to run away again. And, and also there could be, there's a huge amount of fear. If those boys have been roughing him up, like as I mentioned, he's already, there's a mark on his face. Yeah. He is scared. He's panicked. He wants his mommy and he is, oh, he doesn't know what's going on. So the fact that he's on yeah, his own. reflux there thinking about it. Like he's on his own. Like I remember. How long, for how long as well? Like that terror. The, terror like if you had the anticipation her, of knowing something really shit is happening and yeah. it's probably going to happen like fuck. but then you also try to get you see this is the awful thing like you know you, you think of James's parents and, and then thinking if I could just you know what I mean what I would have done to those two and to think how much he must have suffered in his final moments yeah. and but then you're also then trying to get into the, the mind of these two boys which so many people would be trying to think what sort of jollies were they trying to get? Well, they said that they were on the Mitch from school. They were on, they were, they were, uh, true, playing truant, right? They were going around the shopping center. They were fucking robbing stuff, lifting stuff. Uh, they, they robbed a bunch of paint, robbed some batteries. They had, they even said in their court case, in their depositions, like they said, we, had planned to abduct the child and push them into oncoming traffic or maybe over a, a flyover bridge to see what happens when the car hit them. That that was their initial plan. I mean, like, imagine, to admit that is 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 obviously... But, like, imagine what... Like, that's what you're looking to get from. You, you, that's this, really honest this, this for is, a murder. This like, is what you want to experience. Yeah. But, like, you think of... Like if you take if you take the two of them because o- over the years it's always been speculated was there a ringleader was one the the one the dominant force over the two in the sense <laughs> yeah. like was Thompson the ringleader was it Venables I think they yeah. were like the fucking Captain Planet kids man like with their powers combined you know mm. one of them was was a leader in in one thing and the other one was a leader in the other thing like maybe Thompson was the instigator in the actual abduction like let's take a child and then when they got to where they got. They didn't know what to do with them. And Venables is like, I'll take over from here. Because when you look at the injuries that were suffered, and again, just yeah. be conscious well, of what we're going to get into now, because some yeah. of it is pretty horrific. Like I don't usually give trigger warnings, but I mean, you know, just, you know, just in case people out there with kids and like, you know, I've, I've gone a bit far in some of the Jimmy Savile stuff and Madeline McCann stuff and all. Mm. And people have sent some emails going like, bro. And I'm like, dude, fucking switch off then if you don't, you know, yeah. if you're not into it, there's, <laughs> go listen to werewolves or mermaids or some shit. Like, it's all good, yeah. you know? Tell them all about it, the conspiracy guys. But there was, there was one particular, there was like, like there's like, the lesser yeah. end of what happened yeah. to James was like, he did get kicked in the face and there was a mark 
from the the pathology report whereby there was like a, it was like a ring yeah and this is another way they were able to try and and really focus in on on thompson being one of the killers because the the shoes that he wore it's on the, the day eyelet, there was the exactly yeah. and there was that mark was on the face gordon exactly some of the things because there's been a lot that has been speculated but there's yeah. also been like an iron bar kicked paint i've heard yeah they robbed some paint they robbed some batteries uh they robbed some chalk there was loads of just shite they were robbing from pound shops around the place so they had this like uh um art art kind of acrylic paint did and they have that all at the scene as or yeah, did they, they had it in their pockets when they took them ah, okay and then they were going off they were just like fucking oh what do we do with this i don't know put his eyes and then this the, oh, they opened God. his eyes and put like blue paint into his eyes Jesus. and then they uh they had batteries uh and they said that they put the batteries into bulger's mouth possibly just try and choke him and there's also talks of uh, putting the batteries up his bum. Now, the batteries up the bum thing is co- contested online. And it sounds like what we were saying earlier on mm. about the newspapers trying to put out a salacious, uh, well-selling story, mm. right? And it needs that... The 24-hour news cycle hadn't started, say, in 1993 yet. It was, it was on the precipice. Yes. And they wanted to sell papers. And Jamie Bulger was the fucking murder du jour every day. And then there was this next thing is like, in the Bulger case, batteries were involved in a sexual fashion. And everyone's like, batteries? Oh, go on and buy it. It's only pounds. Like, really weird, unsubstantiated speculation around salacious elements in the case. They didn't find any fecal matter on the batteries in question. Mm-hmm. So was it put up the bum? The, uh, 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 James's, like, butthole was, something happened to it, but it wasn't impeded. Uh, uh, sexually so it wasn't like a dick sized thing that went in mm. I mean maybe and we were kind of speculating this before the, before the show started like maybe because they wa- they knew that it was something weird and there was something sexual going on and later on we'll find out that that may have been the case uh, according to Venable's mentality could it have been that because these two lads had like piddly widdly dicks being 10 years old mm. that they couldn't get a boner and rape somebody but they did everything else that would be that would be necessary like they took off his pants they took off his underpants they took off his shoes so he was bottomless but they still left the stuff on his top so they didn't take off the t-shirt or anything like that and it could have been damage like the the damage in the anus could have been from when the train ran over the body and cut it in half or it could have been just like when they were throwing batteries whatever way it was lying it could have just hit it so there's bruising around the anus but not from like penetrative sex as there would be with like a, a penis. So, I mean, where they poke a battery up the bump, didn't find any poo particles on the batteries. So maybe, and we're still talking about it now 25 years later, maybe that's a, a, a thing that was speculated at the time because it was salacious to sell papers. And that's the thing that stuck. And that's such yeah. a fucking weird detail to put in for no reason that's not true. Yeah. Do you know? Again, it's like just, it's, it's, so, it's trying to tap into this really lurid, 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 torture porn. It's torture porn. And, and, and because it like that, it's going, it's, it's almost one of those things where you go, I don't need to know about this, but there's something like, don't go there, don't go there, but you're nearly kind of going, I, I can't stop myself from reading it because yeah. you're, you're so kind of, you're so angry and you just kind of go, what, what, what did these absolute vile, creatures do to this poor boy there's 42 injuries all in all they think they dropped a brick on his chest Jesus. and a 10 kilogram iron bar was dropped on his head and that was thought to be the killer blow that was the thing that that 
cracked his skull and made his his brain bleed internally. Um, they think he may have been unconscious a lot sooner than that. And I, I mean, shit, like for all the stuff that was going on, you, one would hope that that was the case. Yeah. That he wasn't like getting paint it, squirted into his open eyes and mouth while he was still alive, you know? It's fucking, I'm getting a bit of boil, you know? It's it's yeah. real. I, 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 I know even years later, and I'll mention his name again, Albert Kirby. Um, one of the senior investigators, he was saying because he said he's even he's, he's gone on record before. Um, he was being interviewed by the BBC, and he said, "I've always considered myself a bit of a cold fish," but he said, "Um, I would never really discuss any of the cases that I've worked on with my wife at home because he said I don't really feel like it. I really want to bring her into my work and, and as well if, if dropping it, a shin into someone's head and it, she might not have the outlet and to it's, process and it's that, but you know what this was one of those cases that affected him and other colleagues so much that he said he ended up telling her he ended up having, ended up talking to her about some of the, the, the aspects of the case and you know what maybe in a way it was a form of therapy because I, think so, yeah. I know from I have an older brother um, who works um in the in the police service and uh, so does his wife and th- like they've said as well like in the early st- whereas now obviously mental health is, a, is such a big thing and there for example if you've been working on a very very difficult case you will get um, the treatment that's required you will get the counselling mm. all that will be provided it's usually for most of the people mm. that listen to this stuff especially if you're true crime fans or you're watching tra- crime shows on TV usually uh mental health support in the police service is used as a punitive measure for shooting a perp yeah. like it's like you shot that guy he was a murderer chief okay well you're on two weeks suspension make sure you go to the counsellor oh god damn it I just want to go back to work and kill people more and it's oh, yeah. it's so like misappropriate oh, they, they were telling me a story about how um his wife's telling me about how she witnessed a murder and and uh, and one of her colleagues dying in this particular case. Fuck. And like that evening when she was back in uh, the, the precinct, it was pretty much, there is a glass of whiskey, you know, take tomorrow to take the rest of the evening off. Yeah. And then you can come in late tomorrow. That was it. That was it. So you've seen a colleague die. You've witnessed a murder. Boom. Have a, have a glass. Systematically of treat it with alcohol and <laughs> then just bury it. That's pretty much it. Whereas yeah. now, after, so back, getting back to so, Albert Kirby, yeah. he would he would um, he would he would talk to his wife about it, which was probably in a way a form of counselling, a form yeah. of therapy. Because when you start to realise the horrific injuries that this poor two year old boy suffered at the hands of these boys, and at the time they didn't know it was two boys Kids, at the time, yeah. but then when it became apparent that it was the big man hunt and sues, and like there, there was there was overtly sexual sexual acts committed to the to the to James's body mm. like his foreskin was pulled back forcibly was it yeah it was like the the oh god not the perineum what's the little the little banjo string oh jesus like yeah, broken yeah. his testicles were were violently interfered with sorry uh, I, I, for those that I, I can't see the video i've got my my hand uh, i'm just i i know it's mad it's awful, shit it's terrible awful, awful. um so obviously there was some like oh what's this oh what's this too and it was just oh, two two 10 year olds who were who were who had objectified this child's body and, and dehumanized them so much that it was just like Ah, oh, it's like they were like messing with it, like a chicken carcass they robbed at the Tesco's or something. Like it's real. That's what it seems. Dehumanized. Like. Uh, yeah, and that's why it, I, they looked upon James 
not as a human being. It, it, it was pretty. Like it was pretty much like here is this cabbage patch doll. Yeah, you know, for all intents and purposes. And do you know what? We're going to basically use him as our plaything. And and yet the things that they did to them, Gordon, the things mm. that they did to him were for the seemed to be outwardly from the, for the sole purposes of making him feel pain and and terror and horror. Yeah. So like, like putting paint in the eyes, like. I know it's not, but I don't say like batteries at the bomb, messing with his dick, doing some stuff like punching him, hitting him, kicking him, baiting him with a stick, baiting him with a rod, dropping bricks on his chest. Like that all seemed to be like we're inflicting pain on it. So if it was dehumanized, why would you go to the bother of trying to inflict pain? And as well, where the fuck do you learn that shit? So I was saying when we talked about this before, like two years ago on, uh, on spin talk, guaranteed something happened to either one or both of those lads some some sexual uh, attack some kind of uh, abuse was meted out on them mm. and then especially the up the bum stuff and then they then would try and do a similar thing so for example young boys and girls but mostly boys do it because it's a, a kind of a guy's thing um uh, psychologically to do uh when he's been sexually interfered with and especially uh, like penetrated anally mm. what they'll do is they'll play with their shit oh yeah they'll they'll have a shit and shit in their hands yeah. and then play with it and oh, co- cover themselves with it cover the walls with it and it's like uh, uh, what's it called not micturation is pee there's another word oh, for it it's like some thing that they do like you play oh no, fuck there is a word for it I can't think right, of it right okay um, yeah, and you just take yeah you put take, take the poo in your hands oh, and, you, and you rub it and you sometimes eat it and you rub it on yourself you rub Jesus it on the walls right and the, the John, John Benet Ramsey's brother did he do something he was doing that shit he was doing that shit when, when, when John Bennett was, ki- <laughs> yeah, literally when she was killed, he would do that in his room and just paint the walls with shit like Bobby Sands style. Fucking hell. And no one was asking like, why is the brother painting the walls with shit? He's like, oh, he's traumatized by his sister's death. He's like, is he? Like, he's just very creative in the art, <laughs> in an arty kind of we, way. We got him some paints for Christmas. He's grand. But like, it's so odd that it, it became so overtly sexual for these two 10 year olds to do that. And it took away from the sex thing because they couldn't get boners to fuck him. So that they did all the other stuff. And especially if they had been interfered with, they would then meet that out on other children. Do you, yeah, maybe something did happen to the pair of them. Maybe there was, but. And as we talk about later on, why their identities are kept so secret. Maybe that's why. Well, the thing is, I remember at the time, Gordon, I was working for a video chain. Um, So this 93, I definitely remember working this video chain 94, Um, but it might've been around this time. Was it one of those ones that went a little bit extra? It it went a little bit extra. You're absolutely right, Gordon. And Child's Play 3 had to be pulled from the shelves. Yeah. And it was was very specific, Child's Play 3, because there... do you know what? I've never seen Child's Play 3. Uh, I've seen uh, the, some of the other ones. The reason but, Child's Play 3 was particular is because there was a scene with blue paint in it. That's right. Yeah. And you're, and you're absolutely right. And it, it, the, some of the big finale, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, listener, but it, 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 it's a big there's showdown a, happens on a railway line. Yeah, and there was and all this. the thing on their head. And there's all yeah. this. It was alleged at the time that the boys were um, Venables and Thompson that one of the parents or there was some sort of guardian type figure uh, was watching a lot of horror movies over 18s, like overrated films, you would say, and that they were looking at a lot of this. Well, and then this the, was also then... 
being picked up upon. The Liverpool Metropolitan Police and the detectives on the case went through both sets of parents' video rental histories, went through over 200 movies that were rented by both families, and there's nothing that you could put your finger on that says, uh, you know, this would inf- there was nothing like gratuitously murderous that would influence these lads to go and do that thing. And in, in fact, so far as Inspector Ray Simpson of Merseyside Police said, if you're going to link this murder to a film, you might as well link it to the railway children being like, you know, flippant about ah, railway right. children being a movie from 1970. Yes. About uh, three kids going off to try and find their dad who was a, who was abducted for being a spy and they, were, they didn't know he was a spy. Like totally innocuous. It's a kid's movie. The cops were kind of being like, look at they, the they're rubbish they, they're the rubbish the media anyway. is full of shit we're trying to solve a crime and they're putting bullshit out into the into the zeitgeist mm. and then we have people like there was people calling into the police going maybe they saw this movie check out this movie recognising little details from the case and that's how they came across Child's Play 3 because it had the railway it had a brick uh, or dropping a dropping an anvil or something like that and it had the blue paint which was the big thing and yeah. and both families like movie histories were looked at they never rented Child's Play 3, so how could the two lads have seen it to be influenced by it? Oh, well, they, well, see, this is what was going on. There was you know, a, bullshit. There was a contagion uh, definitely going on um, and at the time, but the, um, one of the things that um, I thought was very intriguing, when you're trying to interrogate children and you obviously have to be very, you really have to bring in like very specialized detectives oh, to yeah. deal with that. But there was one particular detective, and when he was questioning Thompson, and they, they obviously they both boys were interrogated separately, and it turned out that their stories were not matching up, and they could there was lots of plot holes, so they knew that they were getting close to getting some sort of con, um, conviction with them. But one of the telltale signs that this particular detective, um, his name just escapes me now at the moment, but he noticed uh, with Robert Thompson was that uh, the more that he delved into the specifics of the case, of trying to, where were you here and what happened there and blah, blah, blah. As Thompson was trying to answer, he would notice that there would be certain particular points of his story where his leg would start to shake. And that's when he went, right, I know that he's, that we've got him now. Yeah. This, this is, this is a knee jerk reaction as it were, you know what yeah, I mean? And there like you some, go. Some light to me shit, some exactly. Tim Rock shit. Yeah. So here we go. I know. He was shaking his leg. So I knew. He was fucking telling Porky Pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that kind of vibe about it. So they knew he was absolutely lying through his teeth. But when you hear him talk, you hear a little boy. Yeah. But then you would also hear him stand up to the detective. And as the detective would try and go, well, sad would fall blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, you did this and did that. And, and he'd go, no. And he, and he would definitely challenge him. And you yeah. kind of go, there's a little, you know what I mean? He was definitely able to try and hold his Graham Thompson as much as he could within that situation. You could see how we could tell when the old woman caught him when he was bringing the Absolutely. child up. You could tell they were like, "Hey, is he okay? Of course he's okay. He's my brother." And he's like, "Okay, you're very confident. I, I believe you." Like, Whereas Venables went with, "I am going to just play the. I am the the timid, uh, frightened little boy." And I'm sure he was frightened. But he definitely... Um, frightened of jail time is what he's frightened of. Oh, and he was going, Mommy, I would never hurt him. I would never hurt him. I would never do anything like that. And you're kind of looking at these two boys and you go, who are you? Like, who are you? You know yeah. what I mean? And, and it's, uh, it's, the, it's the wolf in sheep's clothing. It definitely is. And Thompson refused to really elaborate on any of the sexual parts, whereas Venables would talk and talk that length about it. But he, like, with, with 
like extensive therapy after their conviction, uh, still wouldn't confess to any of the sexual aspects of the crime. And we'll find out later on that that also was or must have been lies. Now, there is a speculation, maybe, is it a, a because of or, a, you know, already there kind of situation. But um <laughs> Like you said, there was facades being created around these two lads. They were creating c- characters to play. And a 10? If you're able to pull that shit off a 10, well, mean, should you be allowed to walk the streets under an assumed identity being supported by the government? Like, I, Do you know what the thing is, Gordon? Shit, if this was to happen now, yeah. you'd be very intrigued to know how this would have played out. But as the net was getting, getting closer to these boys and Thompson knew... In particular, this will be where you can see where the maybe if there was a leader, was he the one? But definitely, this is when they started to turn on each other. Yeah, well, they were, were, they were tried together like adults uh, in the court. Uh, two of them were up in the dock at the same time and they were being questioned without social worker supervision, which I guess later on we find out uh, kind of stood against the, the lads trying to com- convict them. But they were put in the dock. They had all their depositions done and recorded. And then they sat in the dock like a hand, an arm's length away from holding hands with their mommies and daddies who were sitting near them. And then when the judge would ask the questions or when the prosecution would ask the questions, they were just replaying back a tape because they didn't think that the lads would be able to give testimony in an open court. But they were still tried in open court. Everybody got to see them. And they sat in the dock like, you know, adults as you would imagine from any of the court tv stuff that we've seen they were sitting there at the table in their little suits and the whole lot the heads hanging and they'd read back some of the some of the stuff that they did and you know now and again like Venables might go into a crying fit but thompson never cried thompson never cried wow he was known in the papers as the boy who didn't cry and that seems so insidious Mm. you know the fact that he was able to have that uh, duality that 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 duplicity in his interviews to be able to be like a I'm a little boy and then this happened no it happened like this bitch like mm. th- there's something going on there and I tend to have that kind of social command or social control it tells that there's some other kind of uh, there's some other kind of process going on there some say that they didn't get a fair trial uh, being tried like that in open court and they were sat up in booster chairs in the dock and there was even pictures in the paper of the chairs with the booster seats in them to try and I guess, like, dichotomize their murderousness from their their childishness. Well, I remember, Gordon, just when the armoured van, you know, what we'd call over here the Black Mariah, when, you, yeah. when that, when that the would... Paddy wagon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They would... Uh, when that would be um, driven into the courthouse with the boys, yeah. the, there were people literally just jumping at that just try, if they if they could if they, if they got a swing if they had a superpower yeah. in order to try and melt the 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 outside of that um wagon and they were in there they were after those boys like that is how palpable the anger the uh, was on the streets they would have ripped them apart absolutely and because of the the way that they were tried i think maybe would the defense allowing that to happen for a certain period of time so that they could maybe throw a little bit of abuse at these lads way, like put them under duress mm. to be able to show like, man, they're just kids. It seemed to work though, because the European Court of Human Rights ruled that it was an unfair trial because it was public and because it was so young. And under Article 6, uh, they, they, you know, they basically got some of the proceedings rescinded. They got a, a, a sentencing reduced somewhat. And 
I guess it was, was that like a tactic? Would they, would they put them out there and go like, they're young lads, but sure, fuck it. Nobody likes them. We let them take all the shit and let the, the prosecution like hang themselves basically. I, I, I think just the, the, the anger again, I know I mentioned it earlier on about the fact that they were giving brand new identities and you could also turn around and say, well, look, they're, they're, they're parents now. They've, their lives have been completely turned upside down. They found out that their sons have just done this horrific horrific thing and this trying and to box it off in their own head i don't know why their parents weren't investigated like why wasn't anybody if they were committing if there's young lads doing like that cop or cop copophilia no it's not copophilia you'll get it by the hopefully by the end of Is the it podcast copophilia something like that playing with your poo poo if you're doing that poo poo play nowadays number one thing they're going okay who who show me on the dog where he touched you <laughs> like straight away that's like you know 101 Someone, someone, yeah. someone done something to you. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't see why those parents weren't investigated. But the idea as well that, yeah, you're, it's so I'm not true. accusing them. I'm not saying that in, like accusatory towards them, but I'm saying it was never a, it was never a, a narrative in that. Never. In, in that case that these, these boys may then themselves be victims of sexual crimes and they perpetrated mm. sexual crimes And not crimes even if it parents, there could have been something else. There could have been, you, you would know what. A weird uncle. Been, what, what happened or, but. The, again, overzealous milkman. There would have been like a lot of people angry by the fact that they were given these new identities. Yeah. They could essentially then just disappear. Um, but that walk around in public. Exactly. Like, can you? Do you know? Like Venables will rear his head again. Yeah. Um, we'll talk, we'll in this story, but, 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 but with Thompson, can you imagine? Like for example, because I know I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here, but nobody knows where he is. Or what he looks like. What he looks like now. He could be married now to someone who doesn't even know. And have his own kids and be doing that shit. Can you imagine how chilling, like it's chilling what we're discussing and what he's done. But he's grown up and there's this whole thing that he's had to bury. I don't know. I don't know if even they're on a sex offenders register. So would they be able to get, the other way, if you're on a sex offenders register, you can't get jobs with kids or you don't get uh, uh, police police vetting or whatever. Like would they pass all those tests? Is it is it does it go that deep? Like are they allowed to be you know school caretakers? That's a that's a very interesting question. I, you, you, like that, you would think they? that there would, there would have to be something with the on the on a record that would would raise a red flag, mm. but obviously, but not enough to give away their identity. There yeah. would have to be something. They'd have to be on some kind of watch list to yeah. a degree. Um, but it, 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 it's so but, hard to but, know. But it's hard to. And they yeah. were in. How long were they incarcerated again for? Well, we, we'll we'll tell you now. Um, they were considered in court to be capable of mischievous discretion, which is a term that means that they can claim they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, they didn't know that they were doing something wrong. It was obviously something wrong, but uh, it was quite obviously they did it, but they didn't know why or or you know. It's easy to say for a child. Did you know what you were doing was wrong? No. Okay, I believe you. And I mean, at 10, like, you obviously know that murder is wrong. But they were able to get away with mischievous discretion as a, as a defense. And this is what then also cemented them as evil in the eyes of the nation and the press as well, because they put it out there again and again. Like, uh, both psychologists who examined the boys said that they definitely knew right from wrong, 100%. And that they knew what they did that day was wrong and they knew why they were doing it. 
this is two psychologists that examined them and said like they they do know right from wrong and then for them to claim in the doc or in these uh, interviews that they don't that seems psychopathic or maybe they were told like just say you don't know right from wrong it's like getting off uh, in, uh, guilty by reason of insanity or whatever uh, so you get off with the crime because you're crazy mm. so instead of going to jail you go to a psychiatric ward like they were maybe told that that if you say you didn't know what you're doing like you get away with it that in itself for a you know what i know a defense <laughs> defense attorney or defense lawyer is supposed to get you off the case but that's irresponsible and that yeah. turned the whole public against them because they're like well these lads are obviously psychopaths then they should go away forever because if they didn't know what they did was wrong and it was the wrongest wrong shit that you'd ever see mm-hmm. if they didn't know that that was wrong there's something wrong with them and it, it vilified them further in the eyes of the public so the, the like like I said, Thompson was the boy who who didn't cry. They thought he was a sociopath. And then when he says he didn't cry for the whole thing. And then when he says, did you know what you're doing was wrong? No, I don't think it was wrong. He is fucking evil then, the, the people would say. Well, that's exactly it. Suddenly the mask uh, is properly off. And but, but here's the thing. They were 10 years old. Okay, so I was saying to you earlier on, I yeah. have a boy who's five years old. And you start to realize just how, yes, there's a huge amount of innocence, of course, but you realize there's there's times where you kind of go, it's like I'm talking to a teenager here. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have, smarter and smarter they have enough cop on. Yeah. They really, there's times there he, I, I, like a I, 10, you know what a murder is. You know, oh, and I, he knows right from wrong and, and he, and him and I be chatting away about things. I'm going, God, God, he really is knowledgeable just in terms of social interactions and, and people's feelings and all of that. And I'm kind of really taken aback by just how aware he is. And so for these two 10 year olds, you know what I mean? It's they're not shy off of being teenagers soon enough. As well, they're mentioned from school, and that in itself is an independent act of defiance. Do you know like, what I mean? Who knows a ten-year-old who's like gets sent to school? Yeah, okay, mom, I'm going to school, and then you're on the way to school, and then you don't show up. Like if you don't show up to school, and, if, and the school is not getting a phone call now, like people are calling and asking questions hugely, hugely. Like for example, my little fella cannot be picked up from school unless the teacher knows exactly who's picking him up. Good rule. You know what I mean? Have, they have to know. Like, you can't just kind of swan down and go, oh, yeah, I'm his uncle. I'm picking him up today. They will not allow the good child rule. to be. That's a good rule. That, yeah. That's one-on-one. And, like, that's, that's, and that's the way it is. So, again... Maybe they were on the autism spectrum. Maybe they, they had ASD, uh, these, two, these two lads, and they, they weren't good with social cues. Like, that in itself, then, same as what they did with Adam Lanza at Sandy Hook, vilifies autism and says that kids who have autism may commit awful crimes because yeah, they don't and, understand social convention. And that that's and that and that has no bearing either really. Like, Absolutely. I, I I was reading online that said that maybe that maybe Venables and Thompson have uh some kind of a, a, a social disorder and that's why they didn't know right from wrong. I, and yet these two psychologists like they're totally normal. They're dudes. T- this, this, they are they don't they definitely know right from wrong. Don't believe the hype. This this is it. You're trying to kind of, you're trying to explain the monster. And you might kind of go, but they're kids, they're human beings. There's no monster there. What, what was predicated in this case shows evil. It, it's the curtains have been pulled back. It was an, not just an evil act, it was evil acts yeah. that were that were carried out a they, set of very particular circumstances absolutely they saw there was there were things inside them that they wanted to carry out there were dark 
twisted fantasies, even though they were 10, that were bubbling away and they saw their opportunity. They were obviously having fantasies about wanting to drown a child, push a child into into uh, traffic to see that child's body get tossed up into the air and come smashing down. They, they, said, they said that in their depositions. Absolutely. And that, you yeah. touched on that earlier on. And, and that's exactly what they want to see. So now they had this child at their disposal and they wanted to carry out all of this twist of and suddenly Sounds like Bundy like Bundy would do that shit Dahmer would do that shit absolutely and keep a body for it Ed Kemper would keep a body for for days and days and and quote unquote wear it out that's what they were doing they were kind of going well what can we do now I'm sure this is what was going to because the, and if they I mean, were old enough to acts, do sexy stuff with their own bodies I'm sure they would be there's all of this with their with their own bodies and the thing about it is the awful thing about the James Bulger case and. By this, by touching on this today, you, you go back and you, you think of Denise and her husband, uh, and now her ex-husband. When the day goes by, obviously, and they, they don't think of James and, and the awful thing that happened to him on that day. And you just kind of go, with Venables and Thompson, you wish nothing but badness for them. And and, and then you also think, you also think, yeah, within the fullness of time, if there was any redeeming light, that there might be some change some change whatsoever for them and then unfortunately with one of them he would come to the fore again yeah you'd find it not no that's the thing well the court heard like when venables was talking about the case the the circumstances of the case uh that he blamed thompson as the instigator he said it was his idea to take the child it was his idea to go to the railway line and venables said that he in fact thought that jamie liked him that he, Jamie held his hand all the way and when they were walking along the train tracks, uh, Jamie put his hands up and went, uh, lift me and, and, uh, uh, Venables picked him up and held him like he was a baby and right. walked along, walked along the train tracks as he, as he hugged him or whatever. So like, I think there's another weird thing where, where Venables is like, oh yeah, he loved me. Like he, you know, the kid loved me. Because we were holding hands and he was... Because I think maybe Thompson was like the bad guy and Venables was like the, the good guy. Tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys. So yeah, it took 33 minutes for the prosecutor to describe the injuries that, that Bulger suffered at the hands of these two lads. And at the age of 11, they were handed down a guilty sentence. Uh, on the 24th of November 1993 just just a, a few short months after the crime itself and became the youngest convicted murderers of the of the 20th century uh, both Venables and Thompson were sentenced to eight years in custody but the editors of the Sun newspaper imagine trying to <laughs> curry uh, uh, public favour uh, they brought this petition to the court signed by 280,000 people that said they wanted to keep them in custody longer uh, so the judge Mr. Judge Justice Moreland told them that in these closing statements they had committed a crime of unparalleled evil and barbarity. And in my judgment, your conduct was both cunning and very wicked. And I mean, if you know any English people, that's like calling them a cunt, basically. <laughs> uh, very uh, stilted language. Uh, the trial and the sentence provoked a moral panic in Britain, like we were talking about earlier on, with politicians, including the Prime Minister Tony Blair, who said, uh, we hear of crimes so horrific that they provoke anger and uh, disbelief in uh, equal proportions. Uh, these are ugly uh, manifestations of society uh, that is uh, becoming uh, unworthy of that name. He basically saying, like, society's fucked and this is like the pimple on the face of society showing the underlying uh, uh, toxins within. Former Prime Minister John Major 
went a little bit further, uh, calling out for society to, quote, condemn a little bit more and understand a little bit less. Can you fucking imagine saying that? And, and which actually kind of seems <laughs> quite strange coming from John Major, who always kind of seemed quite a very passive individual. Yeah. Uh, he was the lad that came after Thatcher, and he, he, but maybe it's because he came after Thatcher, he seemed so innocuous. Yeah, and you kind of go, what, what, John? Why would John? What the fuck? Didn't realise you yeah. were feeling that. Uh, further petitions then for jail time went around, and the Lord Chief Justice of Britain said that they should have a minimum sentence of 10 years, two more than the mandatory eight that they were given. And the Home Secretary responded to the son's petition and he furthered the sentence to 15 years in July 1994, meaning that they wouldn't be released until they were 25 years old in 2008. But this move, however, was criticised by the House of Lords and they all came together and claimed that the uh, increased sentencing was, quote, institutionalised vengeance by a politician playing to the gallery using the fucking papers to curry favour with the people for giving them what they want. Essentially, you know, uh, handing them all out torches and pitchforks and letting them have at it. And then this sentence then was overturned in 1997 uh, by the House of Lords who ruled it uh, unlawful for the Home Secretary to decide on minimum sentences for young offenders. It also went into uh, the Court of uh, Court of Appeals in the Euro- European Court of Human Rights in 1999 and uh, Thompson and Venables were cast into the spotlight again because there had been a violation of Article 6 of the European Convention for Human Rights regarding the fairness of the trial that the two young lads had to endure. Obviously being out in public and stuff is a, a big trauma. So the Bulger family put in a claim to the European Court of Human Rights but failed to convince them that the victim of the crime should be involved in determining the sentence of the perpetrator and like the child was a child when it was when he was killed but the murderers were children as well so they waited till 99 until they were a little bit older and then said okay let them out and jimmy bulger's parents were going um really hmm. like it's like getting them off on a technicality it's like these motherfuckers did some fucked up shit and this kind of thread we can see over the last 25 years has has gone up and down again. In June 2001, the boys were released from their juvenile detention centre, which judges called a corrosive atmosphere. And what? Like prison was making you worse? As if it, as if we didn't know that already. But they were given new identities and they, they, they'd grown up now and they were barely recognisable. They changed facial hair. They got a little bit bigger and they were given new passports, new medical records to go with this new life and this new identity. Maybe as an apology for the treatment in the media and, and you know, in court when they were just 10, maybe it was to cover up something a bit more sinister that we talk about in a sec. So an injunction was imposed on the media to stop them from investigating and exposing these two young lads and their brand new identities. And the ruling judge claimed that there was a very real risk to their lives that their identities were known. And like you said, when they were coming along in the fucking van, in the paddy wagon, if you got a fucking, uh, like, you know. Oh, they were, they were out to get that. And, and, of a machete. and like, as much as people go, I can't believe that they've been given new identities. Yeah. But you have to be, think, well, if they weren't. What what would have happened to them, Gordon? Tell me a bit more about this sort of more sinister side because before we started recording, I showed you some video footage of yes of a of a guy who looks like he's now um, in his thirties, and one of the tabloids in the UK did an interview with him because he was in the detention centre with Venables when he was incarcerated, and he was just saying that. Um, yeah, he, when, he, when eventually they managed to twig who he was yeah. and he challenged him on who he was and he just said that he could see that Venables showed no remorse whatsoever. And that Cold as ice. And if anything, he's had it pretty handy in here. And yeah. he goes, no wonder he's gotten so big about all the jelly and ice cream he was eating and he was sitting around playing video games all the time. But they tried to do what they could in order to let him know that 
that they were going to try and get him. They wanted to instill a bit of fear into him, but eventually he got to a stage where your man was able to clock him in the face and managed to punch him. Yeah. But the prisoners, he, you mean, were trying to instill a bit of fear. Yeah, like, he's a nonce. Yeah. He's going to get fucking done. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you can, like, I mean, philosophically, or what would you call it? Uh, psychologically, you can't really blame an adult for the things that he did when he was a child. But at the same time, it seemed to be in him. Like, it's weird that the British government went such a long way to cover up and protect these new identities, the two lads. They arrested them. Uh, they arrested people for claiming that they were working with one or other of the men using pictures on Facebook or Twitter. Like, this lad was already in prison, so he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll out this lad. But there was people out on the outside who wanted to get them so badly that they were they were exposing their new identities. They were putting pictures of them up on Facebook. There was loads of injunctions being broken and multiple forms of media outlets were, were being sued to keep their identities a secret. I mean, it was probably to to stop someone going to jail for life for killing them or to protect somebody innocent. But like, if there was a lad that looked a little bit like them, or if somebody said like they took a picture of when the two lads were kids and and put them through some app, and it's like this is what they looked like when they were old. And if you looked even a little bit like one of them, that you get milled out of it. So they were trying to stop. That was what they were claiming they were trying to stop as well. One man that that happened to called Scott Bradley, even took his own life. Imagine. Mm fucking killed himself because of the constant abuse he received for looking slightly like a grown-up version of Robert Thompson. And it wasn't him at all, but people knew that Thompson had an alter alter ego, had a new identity, and they gave this Scott Bradley a, a fucking dog's abuse until he killed himself. The Manchester Evening News published a story that suggested the names uh, of where they were housed in secure locations, and that they were found, uh, the Manchester Evening News was found in breach of this uh, injunction, and they were ordered to pay £120,000, which is a massive amount for this case as a punitive and preventative measure against reporting on it. I'm like, what are you protecting here? In 2004, Jamie Bulger's mother, Denise, received a tip of where Robert Thompson was going to be. And she went down to confront him and said that she actually was paralyzed with hatred, that she was unable to confront him. So obviously lots of people knew who they were, Can you, where they were. Yeah. I just, I'm just thinking of that moment when you're told... I know where your uh, child's killer, where he's going to be. and that, Just get a Saturday night special that, fucking tucking into your knickers down the bus station. Bang. Can you imagine that moment for her when she's, if she's even close to a few yards and she said she was paralyzed with hatred. And, and that's where you kind of go, fucked, man. You, this is where you've really got to make a deal with yourself and go, I, I, I have I, to do, let it go do, now. Do I have to see yeah. that? See that? I, if I, d- d- do you know what? I think in that moment, bear with me on this. <laughs> Dude, I can see you closing your eyes, imagining what I'm it would just, be like. I'm it's, actually, it's fucking harrowing it's looking har- at you. I'm kind of look. I'm nearly uh, Denise yeah. back in 2004. <laughs> and it's almost like, do I allow the hate to control me or do I control the hate? That seems to be a high tide mark. And I think for her, yeah. for her, if she knew, for example, he's in that restaurant, he's in that bar, you can go in to him now and it's almost like but i know that again i don't know if, if anyone else if it's, is that her then going do you know what i gotta let it go it's a lot of it's I a lot gotta yeah. let, and that's you what I, have to i'm do it now or never do it because i'll never, always because yeah. you know what it is you fantasize about it man you, you fuck do yourself up, it's like, kind of like it, it, bear with me on this weird kind of uh, the, you ever, i don't there's a jim jarmusch movie called broken flowers and the, the film is about um bill murray's character and he's led to believe that he has fathered this child so he goes on this journey to try and figure out um the potential why uh, sorry the, the partner um, uh, that, uh, that may have been the, the, the woman may have given birth to the child and then the film spoiler alert it, it sort of ends with him kind of looking at 
someone out there going, maybe he could be my son. He could be my son. It was, and maybe for, for Denise, it's almost like, do I, you know, I might confront Robert, but do I always want to be looking around thinking, is that guy John? Do yeah. I, do I always want to be carrying this? No. Just to try, I, I just, my heart goes out to her and I, do you know what? I've, I've got so much admiration for her to be, to be able to just let, try and let, let that anger go. Must have been such a difficult moment back in when she had that moment in 2004, knowing that she could have come face to face yeah. with Robert Thompson. And what, what would you do? You think, geez, could I control myself and not freak yeah. out? I could do something and end up fucking going to jail myself. I, I read some articles there recently. There's a movement now uh, that's being spearheaded. I can't remember the lady's name, but I'll put the link up somewhere uh, for you to find it. And she's at this uh, confront your rapist type of uh, situation. She's mm. she's coming out and saying, we just have to confront them and not make a big public thing and not make it a big Twitter job and not fucking, you know, spoil the man's life. But go to him and go, look, you did this thing and be, you know, courteous and all this stuff and not be like mm. ranty. And she's saying we have to curtail... Uh, this type of mob mentality mm -hmm. and if we want to own it and we want to like get over that stuff that's the first thing you have to do is confront it and and uh, like the thought how she talks about how hard it is to go through that thing like mm -hmm. you can only imagine what these people are going through when they're trying to do that i haven't had to do that i haven't had to confront somebody you know i didn't you know you weren't going through your steps you know the steps in alcoholics anonymous and you have to go around and apologize for all the shitty things you did like like i've never really had to i said sorry to some people for some stuff i've done and it's fucking arse tighteningly cringy mm. and you just be like look man i was a fucking I, I, I was a dickhead sorry i said that thing or sorry i did that thing but that's like some for some bullshit some fucking day-to-day -day humdrum shenanigans you know this is fucking rape and murder oh. these people are, are facing facing that down looking at right in the eye and being oh. like what's up son what the fuck and having that conversation so for denise to to be paralyzed with with hatred and not go through with it it's then that the healing starts and like you said she's divorced like obviously that marriage is not you know it's going to be under duress yeah, absolutely uh, not able to stay together you know I, I, I have to say to be honest with you I, I think there's an awful lot of us if you kind of look inwardly and then if you would say could you kill somebody I think all of us can kill somebody and I, and, and I think you could easily do it especially if someone you love dearly and especially if it's a child yeah. has been murdered and you were able to come face to face that kid. I think There's a lot probably of dudes would turn into Liam Neeson like yeah, I could see you being Liam Neeson oh, like, if something happened, like, man, of course, you man you would go you turn into you turn into this killing machine because yeah. the protector in you is is there if you're a parent or, you know, or a guardian like that and you all you want to do is, is look after little ones in your life like that so but could you live with yourself afterwards and this is the thing yeah. this is the thing afterwards you know? the thing. well these two lads I think we're protected. It seems to be protected. These injunctions were out in 2007. Uh, the UK government paid £13,000 on, on, on an injunction, on furthering an injunction to stop uh, one foreign magazine from printing the new identities of Venables and Thompson. On the 26th of April 2013, uh, two men received suspended jail sentences for publishing photos which they claim were of Venables and Thompson on Facebook and Twitter. These pictures were viewed 24,000 times only, but they were given jail sentences like suspended jail sentences mm -hmm. for pictures that were viewed 24,000 times. Like I've put up pictures of my dinner that were viewed more than that. And these lads were given jail sentences because of pictures of these lads. I'm going, where's the line here? Mm -hmm. And when we find out what Venables did, it gets a little bit squirrelier. Later on, in, in, in 2013, uh, on the 27th of November, another man received a suspended sentence for posting images claiming to be of Venables. And uh, in 2016, he was jailed for two and a half years 
Wow, I never knew that. Yeah. He was jailed for two and a half years two for and sharing half years. these pictures. And another woman was jailed for two and a half years for going onto Twitter and tweeting Jamie Bulger's ma pretending as a joke to be the ghost of Jamie Bulger. Oh. And made a Twitter account and went, hi, mom. And, you know, oh, it's grand. Like, oh, everything's, heaven's nice. God. To pretend to be the ghost of, and got two and a half years in jail. It was oh. a three-year sentence and she got it commuted down to two and a half. Like, that's a fucking sick shit. To fuck with somebody's somebody's ma after the after their child died like that. Why? What? I know oh. maybe if you remove yourself from it, it's kind of funny. But I, like, I remember hearing to go to the person themselves. Like it's you know we could fucking be here and make jokes about batteries of bums or do whatever. Like not like we're joking about it, but like you could. We could be totally flippant about this thing. I re- it's not like Denise is not listening to this fucking show man I remember hearing I'm going to go off on a mad tangent here so bear, <laughs> so bear with me on this but I somebody told me a story about their mother had died and they were re- like they, they, they used to love calling her mobile phone in order to hear her voicemail oh Christ okay so they and I didn't know this but like like when the number is if the phone is out of service after a while the number two years yeah it gets the, recycled and so what happened was they would like periodically like you can see where this is going they would ring the voicemail and then obviously they, 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 the phone rang out this particular time and whoever was on the other end just text back sorry sorry I got a missed call from this <laughs> You know, seven hours. New so number, there's, who this? You know, so whoever, you know, the, 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 the family member was like, uh, sorry, what's going on? And then, uh, sorry, but it just probably an it, older person. Thought it was, thought it was yeah. my, I thought, you know, it was a bit ringing my mom. And, and then they started playing back on, but it is your mom. Oh, that's what Texting back. And then it, when it came to light as to, the reason why this person was calling and everything this person was like oh, I was playing along going like that I'm your mother and everything is fine and I'm in heaven and all this and blah blah everything's good and then realised oh Jesus Christ I didn't realise you know just I thought I was I was I was I was I was it was really dark um, humour I was at play here and then realised oh Christ but thankfully the family took it in good stead they realised that this person didn't mean any harm by it and they sure. just thought they were being kind of funny but um, it seems funny it is it, like it, on the internet if you don't know anybody involved it it's did, funny it, 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 it didn't mean but the idea of being Jamie Bulger like ghost. like I have to say to make a Twitter account as Jamie Bulger's ghost and start tweeting about it F- funny mm. have to say funny same uh, there's loads of them about Madeleine McCann do you know and every year she's like hide and seek champion 2018 like Funny, but I mean, not to the fucking mother, mother. of the child. Yeah. yeah I'm not yeah. saying go out and make Twitter accounts and do all that. Like there's fucking uh, uh, um, Nelson Mandela Twitter accounts are still active and it's all like, oh, I wish there shouldn't make no hell. Winnie is here. I fucking hate her. Like all this kind of <laughs> stuff. Like they don't, it's not, you know, you can't put a limit on humor. Like yes. it's funny. It's funny. But not to the man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the, especially though, the, the whole point about it is and we'll find out why now immediately no more teasing here's the fucking kicker that woman got two and a half years in jail for pretending to be Jamie Bulger's ghost why is the UK government so adamant about protecting this shit I tell you now John Venables 
after being having his identity outed numerous times and having injunctions all up the wazoo he was arrested in 2010 for allegedly downloading and distributing child pornography 57 indecent images found downloaded over a 12 month period up to february 2010 and then he re-uploaded them using uh, peer-to-peer software so like a a, a torrent or like a share his ass something like that eat algae 2k limewire he was limewire and fucking porn in 2010 right <laughs> um after his release then he was in jail for three years after his release in 2013 he was moved again given a brand new identity brand new medical stuff brand new medical records brand new uh, uh, passport all everything brand new again and sent to a different location uh, and before he, he was sent away he confessed his identity to others and those people who, who then talked about it afterwards said he was classed as being in a persistent state of self-disclosure so after looking at all the porn and all the guilt of all that stuff and then he was getting hammered in all of these places and going around going you know who I am I'm John Venables I'm fucking John Venables you remember that Jamie Bulger thing that was me and that's what he's doing around all the pubs and they were like oh fuck he's slipping man he's fucking slipping and now he's looking at child porn right get him in again let's condition him stick him back out in the world his mental state was crumbling hammering the drink into him hammering drugs into him so there's loads of new injunctions put in place then to stop newspapers from reporting on these new crimes in 2013 because obviously they'd be looking up and trying to see if anyone knew him because they knew his location then at this point because it was all under court records of freedom of information had to put in the injunctions to stop that info getting out and then again this motherfucker in 2017 was arrested for the possession of child pornography and on the 5th of January 2018 he was sentenced for possession of child porn not allegedly motherfucker had that shit and check out this he admitted to having 392 category A images. Category A is like uh, full full frontal penetrative, like oral copulation, like top top tier fucked up shit. He had 392. The first time he was 57. Now he had 392. He had 630 category C and 148 category B. So that's like just like rando kids from a wearing swimsuits from a catalog or whatever but he had them all in this stuff on his computer like all the kids were between the ages of 6 and 13 and they also found in his possession something what's now being called a pedophile manual which is considered quote a sickening and disgusting document which falls below any recognizable standards of morality in reality what it is is a how-to guide a how-to guide and where you would you get that how to groom them online what to do how to get rid of evidence how to like a, a an anarchist's cookbook for pedophiles Jesus that was found in his possession and one would wonder why so much effort was being put into keeping their identity secret their crimes were largely left unpublished on the 1st of May uh, uh, Denise said that Venables should keep his identity uh, keep his anonymity this year 1st of May this year Denise said let Venables keep his anonymity because if they fucking find him they'll pull him apart Mm -hmm. like a Christmas turkey and that is absolutely true and you can tell that since Denise went to see him and she was paralyzed by hatred in the time between then and now she has obviously boxed that stuff away and decided to move on and the hatred is gone and all that shit mm. that shit gives you cancer man fuck that shit mm. don't be hating people but she has obviously expunged her spirit expunged her psyche of all that bullshit mm. and she's like look it fucking seems that this dad has an awful lot more problems than mm. what happened 25 years ago you know she's had to go on and live her life and i know it was a terrible thing to happen to her child but you gotta get oh you can't live that shit the whole time the fact that this lad is caught for murdering a child goes to jail, comes out, looks at child porn, goes to jail, comes out, looks at child porn again, downloads and distributes child porn. Like, 
you can tell all the stuff that he was doing earlier on when you're talking about the sexual elements of the crimes that he did. Surely that was something to do with his mentality. He was born with this hmm. pedophilic, I guess, uh, proclivity. Yeah. And he tried to act it out at 10 because he couldn't get his little tinky winky hard. So he did it with other stuff like batteries or fucking messing with the kid's dick and all. Like, that's that. obviously that was there in him from a young age. It could be, and the argument is still there, is it conditioning, is something going on? Like, if somebody's gay, they're born with it. That's the the, mm. the, the, the baseline of that mm. of that argument, you know? If you're trans, it's something that was in you from birth. It's not something from conditioning. You're not going to yeah. learn how to be that. Is it the same with paedophilia? Is mm. paedophilia a sexual... Uh, uh, you know, sexual, not decision, but a sexual, I guess, uh, uh, a learned sexual act. Is it a proclivity? Do you get pushed onto it? If you're abused, then do you go on to abuse? Is that mm. what you find? And then, uh, is it a, f- a fetish or is it a sexuality? Like what's, mm. where, where does the line get drawn there? So John Venables is born a paedophile, it seems. Doing all that stuff, going in. Some people are saying maybe he was socialized to it. Maybe he was institutionalized in these youth, prisons and it had a toxic atmosphere and there was maybe some sexual abuse going on we've all seen sleepers and some shit's happening and then he goes to jail and some more shit's happening and maybe he's getting abused in there and he tries to meet that out later on Mm. that's up for you to decide folks we can have a talk about it on a live chat sometime it's a fucking hairy one it's a real hairy one and you have to wonder why the uk government are putting so much money and effort into the legalities of keeping those guys anonymous and what i would say is potentially and this is in my personal opinion it's totally fucking spurious and and speculatory maybe venables and thompson were involved in some kind of pedophile ring some kind of elite pedophile ring that have knowledge and that's where they were sexually abused and then they were left back out into liverpool to walk the streets and they were being taken maybe sometimes and left back and they're you know they were with their families but still being abused at some point and then they started mitching on school and they tried to meet out the things that were being done to them on James Bulger. And then when they were caught for it, the, the lads in the people were like, fuck. Okay, we're going to have to sort these lads out. Make sure they don't get too long in jail. Make sure that their fucking identities are kept. Keep them sweet so they don't start yapping. So what happens when Venable starts having a, a, a bit too much sauce and he starts talking? And people are reporting going, here, there's a lot of saying he's fucking John Venables around here. And they're like, is he? Is he fucking saying? What else is he saying? Mm-hmm. Is he saying that about an elite pedophile ring that he was a part of when he was a kid and that's why he killed Jamie Bulger? Because that's lies. Fuck it, right? Grab him up. We'll recondition him and stick him back out to the world. Like, if he if he was left in jail, he'd have not, not to live for. And then he'd start fucking singing. The lad that you were talking about in the sun, uh, uh, he was doing an interview and he was saying that like Venables was cold as ice and then when asked like what you know did you do the thing he was laughing he's laughing about it so as soon as he got a chance to give him a smack he, he gave him one why is the UK government same as with Madeleine McCander pumping money into the case to keep it open like why is that being perpetuated why those two particular cases among others but those two ones that we've covered on this show like why focus on that and not focus on you know, 1,300 girls in, in Rochester or Rotherham or, mm. do you know, why not focus the same amount of money on that and putting them lads in jail when there's actual evidence and there's loads of witnesses and there's loads of stuff. Why fucking there's, there's, there's these two lads the, anonymous? The Rotherham thing, you could, there's, there's an argument to make about the ethnicity of the of those who perpetrated those they crimes. Don't want to, they don't want to and have hate crimes being done on lads that there, look like that. There, there's all of that. But sure, there's a fucking lad killed himself. Because he looks a bit like 
and all Thompson. the things that he went through. So it's the it's, same. It's a very, do you know what? It's a very interesting theory um, about it because the crime is so horrific. And I think for a lot of people just to think that you could one day just, because obviously it, it's it's been over a period of time, but for those boys to want to go out and to commit such an atrocious act, yeah. it it's just, it, it beggars belief that two 10-year-old boys would have that in them. What was the starting off point? And you know what? Something had to have been done to them, I think. I think something, I think yeah. definitely something has happened to one. I think, yeah. Let's not get off the fence just yet. We get yeah. off the fence now. And yeah, but yeah. Uh, I do yeah. think some shit went down, you know? I think something did happen to them. I, I do, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. Right, right to the modern day. That's the story of Jamie Bulger right there, folks. Um, we're going to get off the fence very, very quickly and ask uh, Gordon Hayden of Box Office and We Love Movies. Uh, I'll put all the links for all those stuff in the uh, description below, whatever you're watching this on. So, uh, let's ask then. Venables and Thompson. Are they, are they evil incarnate? Or are they lads who had shitty lives who were meeting out uh, and repeating abuses that were committed on them? I think, if I'm being honest now, I think it's both. I think one of them had... Some, I think one of them had been abused. Yeah. And I do think that the other one, so I'm thinking Venables had been abused and Thompson had an evil streak in him. Now, psychopathic, sociopathic, whatever that might be, I do think one of them was had had that tendency and the other one was happy to go along. Um, I think the same. I think, I, I, I think, I don't. I think Thompson th- was a psychopath. Yeah. And that's why he knows, keep your fucking head down. When he was given a new identity, he never came back. Venables, I think, has been damaged. Hmm. And his drug and alcohol abuse, his willingness and, you know, desire to talk and tell a story and then being caught the whole time seems to be, he's a young lad who's very much institutionalized. And like Charlie Manson, who committed loads of petty crimes because he wanted to live in jail forever and ever, amen, because that jail was all he knew. And it seemed to be a place that had routine. It had, you know, uh, recreation and he ended up having a, quite a comfortable life as an institutionalized person. Why would you want to not be in there? Mm. You it, know? I th- I think, yeah, I, I don't, I, I definitely do think one of them had psychopathic tendencies and yeah, for me, it would be Thompson. So off the fence then, Gordon, about who was the leader? Was it Thompson? Was it Venables? I think it was Thompson. For the same reasons. I do think it was Thompson. I do think that he was the little hard man of the two. And I think he would be the one that would have been able to coerce Venables an awful lot more. But Venables always struck me as, if you, if again, to try and use this analogy, you know the way, like, if you saw the bully beating the, you know, beating somebody up and there's that little sniveling little rat who is the underling of the bully. Leaning around the corner going, yeah. <laughs> that that yeah, kind of, yeah. that kind of shit. Yeah. Venables strikes me as that. A needy, broken yeah damaged absolutely who needs someone to lead and who will follow no matter what and i and i just think for for him you know he could have been under the thumb of thompson against obviously all very speculative and for him it was um just for him being being, maybe he was pushed into it but also then saw empowerment in, in in what he committed and that, and maybe there's be always been this sense of power that he's that he's been looking to strive for. Who knows? I would agree with that in the way that Venables was a, a weaker character than Thompson, and that Thompson had maybe a natural predilection or a natural talent mm-hmm. for dehumanizing and being a leader and being you know intelligent and aggressive. And at ten, if you're doing that shit, man, you're like fuck. What could he have? 
grown into it. If he, he, he didn't do this crime, it would have been something else and maybe something bigger, not that you know, the Jimmy, scary Jamie thing, the scary thing is that he's out there and he's out there and, and it could, and, and could be is, the man. fucking CEO of a company yeah. and you're kind of got that psychopath, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and I think Venables was a very much an underling and he was damaged goods, man. Mm, he was damaged I goods. So. And I think Thompson being the predatory person that he was, in my opinion, would be able to spot that and go, I can use you as this thing. Absolutely. And it ended up turning into something sexual because Venables had those either abuses or predominant uh, predilections for the court case then off defense do you think they should have been tried as adults and was that a, a mistake to do uh or uh you know should everything have been done in private and an addendum to that question added on with the press as well should the press have covered it the way they did portraying them as adults and reporting on them as if they were adults or should it have all been super secret undercover not salaciously reported and that means that we wouldn't have any of the European Court of Human Rights stuff and any of the legal loopholes to get out of it. I suppose what happens is at the t- the, the problem is I'm an- I'm answering a question so far into the future from what happened back then because at the time people wanted their pound of flesh and publicly pe- as they well. really wanted it and it was but did they but did they only want it because they were told they wanted it by the newspapers and was it salaciously spread across every front page and and they were made to feel that like definitely this. added put an air to the tires uh, yeah. to a degree but i still think the, the the horrific injuries that were perpetrated on james bulger were so mind-boggling what could be done that people were just so incensed yeah. that they were like those those, those the, like you know those peasants with the pitchforks yeah. and the torches they wanted something so I think at the time the police they were trying to handle it as best they could they were trying to almost give people a sense of the pound of flesh at the same time trying to try them um, as best they could even though they went down the juvenile court route but to try to give it the perception that it was almost in a way li- done like an adult type of sitting as well seemingly more fair so I think they were trying uh, to try keep everybody happy yeah. to a degree now it would all be done I think a lot of it in private and it would try to remove that public outcry as much as possible we try we need to try and take this away do you think so that, that the reporting would have been salacious and the, I think the reporting they would try and batten down those hatches as much as possible yeah. because at the time there were obviously police being able to feed stories and they were probably getting uh, again you're again you're irrespective but it, there seemed to be an awful lot more of these stories being able to be yeah. leaked out now I'd say a bit of vump down you ain't gonna find exactly (laughs) you ain't gonna find out what's going on and and that way we'll just be able to try and quell an awful lot of the public anger so with that in mind now uh get off the fence about back then was the release and an anonymity of these lads Hmm. uh a functional thing that needed to be done to save their lives or save their futures or is there a nefarious group behind it making sure that they stay uh, uh, anonymous like you're saying that um you know they had to be kept anonymous for they had to be tried like adults to keep everybody happy and today it would be very secretively done do you think that now they're all being very secretively done because there's so much of it and there's so many people if the public actually knew how much like those those reports are coming up now these like pedophile gangs of hundreds of people and releasing thousands of children it just pops up at like the end of the ap and then you you read it and you're like huh it's not on the front page of every newspaper for weeks and weeks and weeks 
It should be because mm. that's the shit that's happening. I, I do. I, so do you know? Do you know? Nefarious gang. That's do you know what? <laughs> like it, 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 and, and look, you, you know what I mean. The, the, yeah. You, you'd be a fool for for not thinking that there, there, there there's Some rings shit. at a very high high level. Were these lads involved? In, and, uh, and is that why they're an, an anonymous? I think it, it it goes back to the very thing we were speaking about from nearly from the very beginning, which was like evil, and was this evil something that was instilled? In these boys from the very get go, or at least in one of them, um, because it, it it was just so hard to get your head around why you would want to commit such an atrocious act. If if the truth be known, I genuinely think that it was evil. I I, I don't know if they. It, it, There's no extra stuff. I, I don't think there may have been some sort of sinister. Um, ring at work. Can, who knows? But I, I don't know. There's that's, a part that's of, the purpose of conspiracy that's, theory that, garden that, that, is to try p- and bridge the gap between the inexplicable evil mm. and the act, because you can't just think that fucking kids would do that to each other. I so can't, you're like, it's something else. It, it, uh, yeah, <laughs> it I, makes me feel better to think that it might be something else. But I know probably you're right. I think it, uh, it's just two little fuckers who do, just did something off. I think it was. Yeah. I, I but. Uh, <laughs> Will we ever know? Mind you, the way John Venables has been acting, the way he kind of just keeps find piping out. up every now and again, the truth may actually come out. I think he, he may be looking at um, one of those red scars off a door handle situation if he doesn't keep his mouth shut, you know? Mm, oh, yes. That's happening a lot lately. Yes. You know? Uh, listen, that's it for, uh, for the James Bulger episode. It's fucking grim shit. I uh, hope you stayed with it. hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as much as you can, I guess, go look it up for yourself. Like some of the, some of the articles I'll be sharing online and some of the videos that Gordon brought, uh, interviews with, uh, cellmates of those two lads and tell them what they were like. It's very intriguing case. Read it for yourself. And even as well, just, um, the interrogation of the two boys, listening oh, yeah. back to them Fucking as well, I, I would definitely recommend because yeah. that even in itself, just hearing Thompson, as I say, now standing you know up the to the, de- the detective, you yeah. kind of go, do you know what I mean for a little 10 year old so that's it for this time on Those Conspiracy Guys if you like uh, anything on the show you want to get in contact like I said info at thoseconspiracyguys.com we're on all the social medias and if you like what we do over here have a look at Patreon and see if you like some uh, some extra stuff uh, and get onto that Discord and come hang out with us uh, it leaves me nothing but to thank our wonderful guest for today uh, Gordon Hayden thanks very much and uh, if you want to hear more from him hit up Box Office and We Love Movies I'll put the links for all of those in the description below um, and that's it for, for this time thanks Gordon, for coming Gordon absolute pleasure as always we'll have to go and uh, I don't know we'll have to talk just about watch it. a lot of Care Bears <laughs> yeah, marathon or something yeah. Yeah. just eat ice cream and braid her hair um, so that's <laughs> it for those conspiracy guys for this time thanks very much for listening I've been Gordon and I've been Gordon it's weird uh, thanks for listening goodbye <laughs>